This summer, we are trying to survey the landscape of Park Road Baptist Church, who we are as a community of faith, what has made this church distinctive over the years, what makes us a progressive voice in Charlotte today. We have reviewed the church's 72-year history, starting with the church's founding as a Southern Baptist congregation born in a cow pasture on the Ashcraft farm. We look back at the Baptist theology on which so many Baptists are now turning their backs, and we mentioned those four fragile freedoms that are so important to this congregation. Individual freedom, Bible freedom, the autonomy of the local church, religious freedom, the separation of church and state. We looked at Park Road's distinctive theology, centered in the welcome of all people and a pursuit of truth, always open to new understandings of one another and of God. That led naturally to a conversation about education and our desire to provide appropriate opportunities to challenge our congregation intellectually, socially, and theologically. Last week was a high point of the summer for many of us as we emphasized our church's long-standing interest in worship that features good music a style that highlights classical and sacred repertoire. It's not the only style that's appropriate to the worship of God, but it is our style. Now, before it's over, we're going to have a chance to talk with you about fiscal stewardship and mission, our emphases on children as you and youth, as well as our interfaith voice in the community. But today, we need to thank those upon whose shoulders we stand. We want to turn our attention to the elders, you old folks out there. This term I use intentionally, even though it may be a bit passe today. I guess we could be accused of being politically correct, but we now refer to the older generation a bit euphemistically. They are senior adults or very special people. The generation is both of those things, senior in age and experience and wisdom, and very special because of all of that. In the simpler days of our past, however, this church was not afraid to name the reality. Elder, by definition, does not mean old, certainly not old and beyond any usefulness. It is a relative term. The dictionary says a person of greater age than someone specified. Anyone older than I is my elder, no matter how old I am. In a previous age in this church's life, that group, specifically our older group, um, was deemed the elders. The term was also an honorific, bearing with it a connotation of respect and gratitude and deference. It is no accident that the term elder also defines the selected leaders of the church. While the term pastor is really a relatively modern interpretation, referring to career professional clergy, the term elder derives from the Greek. The elders have always been the acknowledged leaders of the community of faith, and for good reason. I hope that we provide adequate respect for our elders. Now, Amy and I never go to bed at night thinking we got it all done that day. There are always more visits to make, always things we've left undone, calls that were not made, people we didn't get to see. But I hope our offerings, such as our flexercise group and Bible study, 
very special people lunch meetings, VSP meetings, and fun food Fridays, visits and calls, and a list of friends at home, which are found, is found in your newsletter each week. One friend at home mentioned uh, for, for whom you can remember that week to make a call, to send a card, a friends at home list to call attention to those who are no longer able to be out and about. I hope we show by word and deed a deep gratitude for those who rightly should be called our elders. Of course, the world is changing, have you noticed? And church life is changing with it. In those years when the elders met at Park Road, those folks were in their 60s and 70s. At risk of oversimplifying, it used to be that you retired and then sat on the porch for 20 years. That's not so today. I water ski one day a week with a very active 74-year-old friend. Putting the boat in the water at 6.30 in the morning, putting on a single ski and running a slalom course as a septuagenarian would have been unthinkable for either of my grandfathers. Dow and I are out there every Thursday morning at 6.30. At a slalom tournament two years ago, an 80-year-old ambled down to the starting dock with the help of his walker. He sat down, put on one ski, and ran the slalom course at 28 miles an hour in the men's seven division. He said, you know, you'll slow down as you get older, but if you ever stop, you will never put a ski on again. Keep skiing. The American Water Ski Association now recognizes a men's eight division for competitors 85 years and above. It's a different world. It keeps getting better. Part of that betterment is that due to good medicine and good education, we keep getting older and staying more active. Thanks be to God. In this changing environment, the church is continuing to adjust and finding appropriate ways to honor those who increasingly refuse to be honored as the elders. Who are our elders? Will you stand up? Will you be recognized? Do you want to be noted as an elder? It's more and more difficult to find ways to recognize you when some of you don't want to be recognized as an elder. As we all learn together, let us continue to foster the best of the biblical wisdom that says, honor your father and mother, those who are going before us, that we may all live long. In Birmingham, it was Miss Janice that made both of our boys their very first Christmas stockings to hang on our mantle. It was Bill Hull who called them noble lads and would fly them over his head like an airplane. At Park Road, it was Dot Austin who always had candy for them on Sunday mornings, and it was Paul Ramey who kept them for us when we had meetings, and the way that he entertained them was to pitch quarters and dimes and nickels and pennies into the cove lighting of Milford Chapel while throwing a football with them in Milford Chapel. <laughs> and it was Miss Mary who watched cartoons with them when she kept them and ordered pizza for them and gave them snacks and spoiled them rotten with gifts. 
And then as they got a little older, but before they were youth group age, they would watch the Super Bowl with Miss Mary while we spread ourselves out over three different Sunday school Super Bowl parties, making appearances at each. It was Miss Mary that we called to keep the younger one when the older one broke his collarbone and we had to go to the hospital. My cedar chest is still full of baby blankets, hand crocheted and knitted by a few ladies from Clemson as we left one church and went to another, receiving more baby blankets once we got to Birmingham from elders that we did not even know yet. And it was Parks Helms who had them stand with him and help hold the Bible as he was taking his oath of office as chairman of the Mecklenburg County Commissioners. In other words, our sons are not products of just our household or even our extended families of grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Our sons are products of the many, many senior adults who have loved them and nurtured them from Clemson to Birmingham to Charlotte. There are so many reasons that I believe in church. First and foremost, it's a place to worship God, and it's a place to be challenged to grow in the way of Jesus. But I could do that on my own. It wouldn't be the same, and it wouldn't be easy, but I could do it. But I believe we more fully love God and follow in the way of Jesus when we do that in community. And I've always wanted to be in community that was not just siloed or pigeonholed into age groups, but a community where the, church, where the children and the young people have aunts and uncles and grandparents as a part of their faith journey. And where people who are in the congregation who may not have children of their own have children of the church. I want an intergenerational village. It's an interesting balance in the life of any church, honoring our elders and giving attention to our children and youth and their families. Especially in the last three years, I feel like we have talked a lot about, featured, and focused on our younger population. Even more especially in the last 11 months, I have done more with children and youth than any other demographic in our church as we have searched for a new minister whose work would focus specifically on them. And can you guess who the people were that encouraged me and supported me in this work? You guessed it, our senior adults. They were the ones to say that our children and our youth are not just our future, but our present. And if we are to survive and thrive as a community of faith, then we must focus our attention and our efforts there, some of them even pouring money into this emphasis. I have let their wisdom be my guide, even while feeling guilty for ignoring them a bit in the past year. Thank you, J.D., for coming, and now I can get back to the old people. <laughs> and here's where I need to say again that not all parents, not all elders, 
Not all senior adults are deserving of this honor of which the Bible speaks. Some parents are abusive. Some parents are manipulative. Some of the aging ones are mean-spirited and self-centered. Honor, as defined by the dictionary, is to regard with respect. Honor is a bond between people working for a common good. In making the top ten of commandments, we should take note. This was a command that protected parents from being driven out of the home or abused once they could no longer work. Walter Brueggemann talks about the old, the Exodus, Genesis and Exodus story in this way. To be honest, he says, this commandment addresses the problematic relationships between one generation and the next. Oh, there's always been a generational divide and a generation gap? Yes. He goes on to say that the Exodus narrative should be understood as a tale told to ensure that, that the children and the children's children will know and embrace the memory of liberation. Don't forget who you are and from where you have come. The book of Genesis is preoccupied with the safe transmission of blessing and promise from one generation to the next. And Brueggemann says, it may be that every society struggles with this issue, but the children's loyalty is particularly urgent in a community whose faith works only by remembering unrepeatable mistakes. Oh, so the elders aren't perfect. So honoring our elders has something to do with learning from their mistakes. Honoring our elders means learning our history so that we will know who we are and understand our identity and so that we will not make the same mistakes that they made. Honoring our elders means that we will learn the lessons, both positive and negative, as we age some, I'm sure you don't know any of these people. I know I don't know any of them. Some are inclined to hold on to how things used to be. Again, I'm sure that's none of us in this room. But you know those good old days that people want to cling to and how we don't always lean into change with a whole lot of grace. I want to be wise enough as I get closer to those aging years. Yes, I am getting closer. I want to be wise enough to recognize that the way it used to be might not always be right and good. And I want our younger generations to do better, to be better. That would be a way to honor me if this generation was more compassionate, more loving, more just than my generation was. Isn't that what every generation should want for the next generation to be more of who God calls us to be than any generation before them? We should not pine for the good old days. 
We should yearn for the good new days that are ahead. In every church we have ever served, I have been so impressed with the vision and foresight and courage of our senior adults to stand up for what is right and good and just. I admire those senior adults who are ahead of their time and on the cutting edge of radical hospitality and welcome and inclusion. Those who were boldly working for and fighting for equality and seeking help for those who were hurting and didn't have enough. I want our church to honor them by continuing what they started in this place and becoming more of who we say we are wouldn't that be a wonderful way to honor our elders? I spent last week with our young people. They kept saying that they were tired, and I told them, talk to me in 40 years and tell me how you're feeling right now. I even hear it in my voice this morning. I'm tired, but I'm a good tired because I spent it with some of the best people I know. And I was such an elder to them. One of them even said, that sounds like something my mother would say. And I took that as the highest compliment. <laughs> I'm continually amazed at how they think, how they respond, how they represent themselves, their family, and their church. You would be so proud. And I am continually impressed with them. On the last night, it's the dance party. I stood on the sidelines and watched with amazement their energy and their ability to have fun together. I did dance some. But I stood on the sideline thinking, that's not dancing, that's jumping. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I reminded myself of my parents who made similar comments when they chaperoned some of the dances that I attended. Our dances back then didn't look like my parents' dances, and their dances don't look like my dances. But I love this new dance. You all need to learn it. It's pretty easy to learn. It's aerobic. It's all-inclusive. No one is left out. You don't have to be partnered up. You don't have all of that angst and anxiety about, is somebody going to ask me to dance? This is how the new dance move works. You clump together in a really big circle. And you jump up and down constantly singing every word to every song, no matter the genre of music, while having the time of your life. Doesn't that sound great? We should learn to dance like they dance. We elders can learn from them in this, all the while knowing that they are learning from us about radical hospitality, inclusion of all, justice, working for people to have enough, following in the way of Jesus who talked about the first shall be last and the last shall be first, who talked about turning the other tree the other cheek who talked about people in poverty being a priority, they learned that 
from being here among their elders. So the least we can do is learn to dance their dance. The biblical imperative is to learn from each other, to honor each other, to respect each other, to love each other of every generation. And in so doing, making us an intergenerational village. And it takes a village to raise a people. So let us raise our children and honor our elders that we may dance together to bring God the glory of it all. May it be so. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious God, on this day when we honor our elders, we pray for those who are old and frail and tired. We pray for those who have failing health, and fading memory. We pray for those on fixed income who are outliving their savings. We know that growing old is not for sissies. So we pray that we would be a community of faith that would lift up those who are old and frail and honor those who are wise that we might learn from them even as we take care of them. Grow old with us, O God, that we may serve you all of our days and in the end we may hear that for which we all long for you to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week, Reed Heaton spoke so well to you about this month's offering for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. It's fun to spend a week with Reed and me give him a hard time about how I do not want to hear his insulin beeper go off. Every day the youth uh, share their highs and their lows and we always want Reed to just be flatlined. No highs, no lows. But it is also good to hear from him the hope that he has that there is a cure out there and that research will prove that to be true and a way to honor one of our young people is for all of you out there who are old and wise and have a little money tucked away to give it to the church, to give it to these mission opportunities so that we may grow and be faithful to all that God has called us to be. So thank you for all the ways you are found faithful.
If you are an elder looking for a community, or if you're part of the younger generation and you need some elders, we'd love to have you as part of Park Road Baptist Church of this community. As we sing our final hymn, we invite you to...